Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. Because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy. Welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 38, and it's titled, Is Your Life a Romance Novel or a Shakespearean Tragedy? with author Robin Austin Reed. Oh, this is going to be a juicy one. I can't wait to dive into romance. You know, I love romance. As a woman, it is definitely one of the things that I go to when I want to de-stress, when I want to refill my um, a pleasure cup and oxytocin level. And what I found was interesting too was... Growing up, looking at romance movies and romantic novels was like there was expectation of what romance should look like, should be like. And then there was kind of a gap between (laughs) what I was reading about and then what real life was all about. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's exactly (laughs) what we're going to dive into today. So today we have a special guest, Robin Austin Reed, and he is a contributor to popular blogs and um, author of five nonfiction books. And Robin has been writing for over a decade about healing, recovery, and personal development, working with clients in the ways of romance. And after attending the Romance Writers Convention, ooh, that sounds fun, mm-hmm. uh, he was hooked on the romance genre, embarking on a two-year quest to become a master storyteller. Lovers in the Woods is his debut romance novel, choosing paranormal to spotlight his connection to the spiritual and mystical. And um, if you want to check him out, he's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. He's got a website. We'll give you all of the links in the show notes. So welcome, Robin. Hello. Good to, good to hear y'all. It's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Such an honor. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive right into the questions because I think this is going to be a juicy episode. So before we get into like the really, really juicy stuff, I was curious, what's your definition of what a romance novel really is? Like, wh- like what does that mean when we're talking about a romance novel? How is it different from, say, some other novel? Yeah, I, I get this question a lot. And I, I actually had to uh, change my own definition by by trade a romance novel is one man one woman uh, going through trials uh, it's it's ultimately the hero's journey right uh, one guy is is typically uh, he's 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 in his identity everything is fine um, he's got his guys maybe he goes out on a date and then um, he meets that one girl that's different than all the rest. And in that, uh, he experiences breakdown and, um, uh, and we can get into more of this later, but she essentially sees something in him that, uh, mm-hmm. he has felt for years, but has not stepped into. And that's his essence. Mm-hmm. And they go through all the breakdowns and the trials, uh, but romance always is, they end up together. And of course there's a lot of subgenres. Yeah. And I, and I want to get in, in a few questions. I want to dig a little bit more into the formula for how this is constructed, sure. because I think yeah. that that's going to have a lot to do with our sort of real life. But before we do that, all right. So now we know what your definition is of a romance novel. 
But I have yeah. something I want to add. Oh, because, do. okay, so you're talking about, okay, this is the guy, he's got his identity, but then something happens and she sees his potential or like what he's, you know, like she helps to bring him to the surface. And, and I'm like, this kind of reminds me like in real life, I always tell people, don't date people for their potential. So romance novel make us believe that actually we as women and i'm speaking for the women community here we have the potential to help him see the light and elevate himself and be the man he was meant to be and this is a fucking like this is a mistake i've been in relationships like that and i have been that woman thinking i can save him i can help him as the healer as the saver as the coach and as a fan of romance novel i was like this works in every romance novel. <laughs> As you can see, she's very passionate about this and jumping ahead a few questions. But yes, you are correct. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Raman's novel work well in terms of like inspiring us, but there's kind of a trap there in thinking that that's how it also should work in, in real life. I want to dive into that when we get into the formula. Okay. That, All right, that's Kevin. where that's really important. But before we get into the formula i want to know from uh robin how did you get into writing romance novels like how does um, one do that well um i've always been a, a cathartic very expressive writer um i'm often called evocative evocative meaning i evoke emotions in the reader and so i you know 18 19 20 year career in real estate i was I was writing ads for my homes. I was communicating to clients about a very emotional, very large purchase. Um, so I got good very quickly via text, email, and social media um, of communicating to clients in a very heartfelt way. And then I was doing creative writing um, for probably 10 years. Just truthfully, I mean, this is just, it's kind of vulnerable to say, but honestly, it was just part of my own healing. Um, I had had a, a, a very troubled um, background, a lot of religious abuse, some trauma. Um, I'd struggled with depression for, gosh, uh, probably 20 years. And so I started writing as a way of getting closer to my version of God. Um, I just wanted to find myself and and um, understand, I find myself, I know that's such a cliche, but it's true. Like you to, to reach my own, like, who am I? And so I began writing. And so friends, um, I writing to them, they'd say, they'd make fun of me. They say, are, do you write for Harlequin? Which Harlequin's like one of the oldest romance uh, publishers ever. Um, I think Harlequin, um, employed Fabio, you know, back in the, <laughs> the late eighties, you know, the traditional, you know, shirt pulled back and holding the girl and with the big bosom and the, you know, the whole thing. And, um, and so it just kind of lit a fuse, I guess. <laughs> awesome. So let's get back to that formula bit. Cause that's, that's really kind of the juicy part. I, I'm wondering if you could deconstruct the formula a little bit and let's talk about sort of this journey that people go on and then and then I really want to hear Celine's <laughs> interpretation of this journey from a woman's point of view yeah that's my favorite part um people use romance as an escape it's entertainment 
um, uh, every romance novel and really every movie, every Hollywood movie we watch follows the theme of the hero's journey mm-hmm. pioneered by Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. who studied mythology. And so to understand movies, we see this in Star Wars, Wizard of Oz, uh, uh, Harry Potter. I mean, all of them, Indiana Jones and Temple Doom, mo- adventures as well as uh, romantic comedies especially follow this. And it's the, the, the person is trekking along. Everything is fine. I kind of alluded to this earlier. Everything is fine. And he gets a grand call to action, right? And he has to have a response to this call to action. And that call to action is to step out of his identity. He thinks he is this person. Uh, it's a mask, right? In personal development world, it's masks, right? He's wearing this mask of cowboy or warrior or lover or poet, or it's a pain mask. It's a pain mask of I'm wounded, I'm weak, I'm a failure. Um, um, you know, I am fill in the blank, right? It's a question of identity. And this is the parallel with real life love um, and why romance and it's why we love romance and comedies and, and adventure so much is because it speaks to us. And so the formula, getting back to your question, Kevin, the formula for romance is to tell that grand tale of, of the evolution of that human spirit where he steps out of his identity and women do this too but he steps out of his identity and goes through a period of breakdowns and suffers and he gets it wrong and he messes up the whole thing, but he has to slay the dragon, save the girl and win the village. Right. (laughs) Um, And so the, this is the pattern of writing romances is to get the girl. It's not so much that he, that she saves him, but rather she sees his trueness, his essence, who he really is. And she falls in love with that. And he, and that freaks him out. That freaks him out. And so that's, that's the adventure of romance. (laughs) Well, it sounds like a lot of movies I've watched, a lot of books I've read. So it sounds pretty true. Um, Mm -hmm. A few points that I was thinking about. So yes, like we talk about the hero's journey and yes, it happens to women and there's, a, a term that's been coined, not by me, uh, but like the Shiro journey, where for us women, I think is a little bit different. This whole hero's journey is a very masculine, while the Shiro's approach, we more cyclical as, as women. And I think the transformation that occurs is oftentimes we are at a place where we have doubts, we're doubting our identity or we're limited, and then we transcend that. But then we back again to that place. And again, and again, we constantly shed through the layers, peel off the layers like an onions until we get to the center. And I think the, the, the journey for a woman is a little bit different, is less linear and more um, cyclical, and especially of how we are designed and how we shed every month, how we go through that process. And I think that in our lives, that's also how it works. And so maybe if we were to write a romance novel from the women's perspective, it would look a little bit different. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it probably would. And and Rob, you might be able to comment on this. You know, in doing research for this, I was actually uh, reading some stuff on the romance writers of America, and apparently nine percent of readers are actually men. 
So I'm wondering, um, I'm assuming that, and maybe I'm wrong on this, that your novel is more geared towards women following more of that standard hero's journey. But I was wondering if you had any insight into how things, maybe how other authors write things differently if they're writing for a male audience. Yeah, you said, uh, and the statistic was 9% is read by men or written by men? Read. So 9% of the readers are actually men. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that that's it's that high. Um, yeah, it it is a it is a definitely a female dominated business. More romance sells more than every other genre combined. Mm-hmm. It's like a two billion dollar per year industry, and it is written. I used to say ninety five percent by women, and the other five percent is written by men writing man on man. So gay romance mm-hmm. and it's same thing. It's a love story. I know a gay romance uh, author that I met at uh, one of the conventions and he's very good and he kills it mm-hmm. in writing gay romance for men. Um, but yeah, it is definitely a, fe- a female dominated industry, um, uh, which, which I kind of love. I mean, my, that kind of g- gives me a niche cause I am a, and you got to put your head around this. I'm a heterosexual man writing a heterosexual romance, mainly from a woman's point of view. That's my next question. I was like, so how do you do that? So if you're a dude and you know, with a lot of the clients that I work with, they always come because they're like, I want to be more romantic. Like this is what men struggle with. And I think like if you could have some really good tips for our male listeners in here, like, okay, as a dude, it feels very foreign to be romantic, but you're a guy who writes romance. Like how do you do that? And give our listeners a few tips on how to be more romantic or what they can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you get into the female brain? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a space that um, I don't always get right. It, you know, it's it's hard to navigate. Um, your question was kind of multifaceted in that. How do you be more romantic? So, for me, romance is like the ultimate state of being. You think about when someone is romantic; they are present. They are turned on, they are happy, they're joyful, they are 100% into you, right? It's a beautiful space for someone. And being in sales for 20 years, um, I think that there's a, what if, what if our, what if, what if salespeople romanced us, right? (laughs) Versus just told lies and, you know, or, or whatever else that we, we deem about salespeople. It's like, there was really honest, charming, kind salespeople interested in winning some type of of status or relationship uh, with each other. So uh, I think romance has so many beautiful parallels. Um, I started off, um, well, one, I was raised by a very romantic father who was a haberdasher. So he was into clothing. He was very well-groomed. Um, he taught me how to hold a woman's hand. He told me, taught me about chivalry, about manners, and it was just something he was into about. And then of course, a 20 year sales career taught me about eye contact and how to shake someone's hand. And so my first book I ever wrote was in 2013. And it happened because I was at a, I was at uh, like a networking function, 
um, with several people, a bunch of people in this kind of wine bar. And I had five women around me and I was telling a story and we were all very engaged and it was with each other. And it was me, five women. And then my buddy who was married with three children and he was watching this and we were having this wonderful time. And at the end we were walking home and he says, I noticed you were having so much fun, so much fun with um, those women. And I noticed that they were touching you and you were touching them. And I thought, well, there's kind of an art to touching a woman. And he said, that would make a great book. And so I went home and I wrote the book, The Art of Touching a Woman. And that is what kicked off a lot of this because guys started messaging me about how do I have better relationships with women? And women started messaging me saying, how do I figure out this guy? He's doing this or he's doing that. Is this normal? Is this what does this mean? Right. It's all, what do we make things mean? Right. And so I had these conversations for five years and it went into, uh, uh, we did different projects of, of how do you touch women that are in a swimsuit versus a ball gown versus where you're sitting or where you're located. Um, at different events. Um, how do you touch someone who's in pain or, or who may need comfort or, is triggered and needs space, right? How do we, how do we get it right when we've gotten it wrong? Like how do we recover from bad touches? And so this just launched this whole interpersonal development of the, uh, of how men and women really just humans touch each other because um, the gay community also got involved and was, had some amazing things to share and, and, and some similarities in it all. So that's kind of what launched a lot of this. And then I went to the, the Romance Writers Convention in 2016, which is another fun story, um, where I thought, you know what, this is a business. And this is a business that I can make, not only enjoy, but I can excel at with some really cool people and be very, very profitable. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> So one thing that I'm noticing is that oftentimes this men want like something clear, concise and direct and they're like, okay, give me the formula. How do I do this to achieve that? You know, and what's my formula? What's my shortcut? But I also find that it's a fine line because as a woman, I personally don't like a guy who's going to follow his formula where he's read first, look her in the eyes, second, touch her the back of her elbow first, grab her on the lower back, you know, then lean in for a kiss. And I'm like, uh, hello, like this just doesn't feel right. And so formulas are good, I think, in order to help you build confidence and feel more comfortable and acquire a skill. But then you have to let go of that and drop into really that authentic uh, place. You, you just described all of martial arts training. Right, we do kata, kata, kata. Years of kata, so many years of kata that you become a master at kata, and you think you're so great at kata. And then the teacher says, "Now let go of the kata, forget it." And you're like, "What? I just spent eight fucking years training all this kata. Now you're telling me to just forget it, right?" You yeah. know, it's very similar, and I agree with you in a sense that, yeah, there's there's steps that we can take 
to sort of learn how to integrate those things into who we are. And then at some point, we just need to let go and just be ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what did you find helped you to go away from that? Okay, so you had to figure out a formula to help to teach others. Like, okay, this is what I do. It was innate. You figured out a way to make it clear. And this is the path, how I did it. But what helped you then letting go of that path and being able to step into being the romantic, not be like, not doing romance? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love the question. What you're talking about is perfectly described in the movie Hitch seen this the movie hitch i actually well i read your book um the art of touching a woman and then i saw that you recommended hitch so i watched it yesterday <laughs> so i would be prepared Fantastic. for this interview <laughs> Will Smith. she's so good the, the guy there was a writer there's a writing kind of screenplay coach named michael haig and he was brought in by will smith to um to consult with this movie And um, I've taken lessons with Michael Haig. And that movie perfectly describes what you're saying because in the movie, Will Smith talks to the guy who has no, no, no moves whatsoever. He is a mess, but he's got a great heart. Albert Brenneman, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Great heart, sweetheart of a guy, kind of burly, husky, but no game whatsoever. So Will Smith gives him all this confidence, teaches him how to lean in, how to look, where to put his hand, right? Not too low, not too high, just right. How to deal with the friends, everything. And the woman doesn't fall for any of it. Mm -hmm. The woman falls for everything that Will Smith taught Albert to hide from her. Yeah, the, the, the goofy... The The, the lips that he stuck out to, to kiss, the, he, he whistled, he did the funky dancing. <laughs> that right there is the romantic comedy version of the hero's journey. Mm. He was traveling along. Everything was fine. He fell in love with a woman who was arguably out of his league. Mm -hmm. So he went and he learned masks the mask of being cool, of learning where to touch her. But those masks gave him confidence. Those masks allowed him to get to date number one, two, three, and four. And then finally, his essence started coming out. And the relationship was over when he was hiding behind the masks. And the only chance he had of getting the girl back was to step fully into his essence, which he did, and then that married That's the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to apply that principle in how you talk to men or women. By the way, women do this too. It's not just, uh, do I laugh at the guy's jokes? And ha, 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 you know what I mean? All along, we are developing confidences with each other. Really, we're developing confidence within. Mm. And in the end, it's what Kevin said. You got to let go. You mm -hmm. got to surrender, right? You got to surrender let go. And the whole thing is going to be one big, beautiful mess. <laughs> and that's what every story is at the end. It's a big, beautiful mess. So what I love, that's what love is. So what I love about that is 
so learn a few tricks or, or learn a few things that are romantic. Get a list of like a hundred different romantic ideas. Pick the ones that you love to try to do for your women. But then if you feel called to do something different because that's what you really want to do or that's what inspires you, then do that. And I wanted to share a story, a personal story, because when Kevin and I got together, I had a girlfriend of mine that said, oh, Kevin, he's not romantic. And she labeled him as not romantic. And I was like, I don't know. And I think an ex-girlfriend of yours was like always complaining you aren't romantic enough. And I was like, I know this guy is romantic. And what I think made the difference is that I didn't have expectations of like, in order to be romantic, you have to do ABC. I did mention, hey, I really like flowers or I like love notes. You know, like I did, I did say, hey, if you want to like really be successful, these are the things that work for me. But I also invited him to show me what his romantic side was. And I think the key was I also rewarded him with lots of love and appreciation for every steps and trials that he did. Maybe it wasn't the swooping gesture that I had just watched in that movie, but it was a step in that direction. And now this is awesome, you know? And I think that, I mean, I can confidently say now that Kevin is romantic, and everyone who was there at our marriage, at our wedding, can tell that he is romantic from what he read and from crying when he read his, <laughs> his love note to me. <laughs> I love that. Kevin, you softy. <laughs> I have that side, yes. <laughs> well, I think what, you know, what, what's important to share there in, in all of that is that um, you know, romance can show up in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so yeah. what one person thinks is romantic, another one may not. And then, you know, and this is why I love how we're kind of bringing this back around because sort of the premise of this conversation was how do romance novels really equate to real life? And so in, in many ways, I think romance novels probably set this crazy high bar and they get all these women thinking that it has to be a certain way. And I think that that contributes sometimes then to them overlooking all of the other ways that men show up as being romantic that maybe aren't as glamorous to write about. Right, right. Uh, there's, I think there's, I glean really two things from what you said, Kevin. Um, one is it's setting the high bar. It's not that the bar is set high. It's that romance novels and movies leave out everything that gets to the high bar. Relationships have high bars. I mean, these awesome, grandiose moments of lovemaking and romance and vacations, but romance novels and movies, you don't see the dinner being prepared. You don't see them taking showers and going to the bathroom and doing all the human stuff. You don't see the drive to the restaurant. You just see them at the restaurant toasting champagne. You see them at the sunset. You don't see all the work the guy went to to lay out the blanket on the hill and make sure that there weren't any ants and that there was a bottle of water. And that stuff's not sexy. You just <laughs> be, Right? But guys do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. My second point on that would be, um, it's been my experience that there, we all have a love bank right? Mm -hmm. There's that bank of love and there's withdrawals and there's deposits and women make a ton of little deposits in my experience. Women, maybe it could even be the feminine energy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be 
men or women because I don't want to get too role-based and this is what men do or this is what women do because that's Mm -hmm. a huge thing right now, um, which is a whole nother podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me started on Me Too movements and stuff. Um, um, But rather male, masculine, feminine energy, uh, males um, make big, big deposits, but little withdrawals. Mm -hmm. Women make a lot of little deposits and big withdrawals, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's kind of that balancing out, right? Like the uninformed man says, oh my God, she freaked out. She's crazy. No, she's not crazy. She's just been holding it in for like two months because you haven't been talking to her and now she freaked out on you. Well, that's her big withdrawal. Mm. she's been making a bunch of little deposits and you didn't notice them because your deposits look like a new car or a big romantic dinner or a travel or some big expense. And I've seen myself in that role and I've seen countless of other guys and women also playing that game with each other. And I, maybe it's just the way we do it. Maybe it's because, um, women have that mother aspect in them. I don't know. I I, I don't want to get too psychological about it, but Mm. Um, I see this play out in movies and romance novels all the time. So there's, I think there's an element of truth to it because that's what entertains us. Yeah. But so then the advice for men would be to try to have more frequent deposits rather than saving it all up for something big. If you really want to uh, give a woman romance, try to give her more frequent, smaller doses of romance. So smaller doses of romance in her love language, Mm -hmm. right? That is huge. Gary Chapman's work on the five love languages was and is and will most likely continue to be absolutely brilliant and has saved so many people from exhaustion. Every time I've ever gotten it wrong with a woman, it's because I I was giving in my love language and in my love, not hers. Absolutely. And we talk about the love languages uh, regularly. So definitely if you haven't yet taken the test and you're not familiar with your own love language and your partner's love language, go do that at the five love languages because it's it's really, it's amazing work and it will transform your relationship. Um, I'd love to wrap up to this episode, maybe with a few tips that you have for couples to create more romance Um yeah. Any words around that? <laughs> mm. Oh gosh. Yeah. The ideas are, are countless. Um, I think the number one idea is to step into possibility, step into possibility with each other, uh, with yourself and give yourself space to dream. Um, and, and really it, it's, it's, it's like that playtime right? Life can get so serious, especially with couples who have children or, you know, both are working or whatever the scenario is. Um, relationships can get boring. They can get mundane because we're just handling that everyday stuff. Um, and, and I regret the times in my own relationships that I didn't set all my responsibilities down and just go play, right? Let the heart open. Um, guys tend to be women too. I think we, we step into this space, um, where we're emotionally guarded and we're, we're, and this is where the masks come from. We get into our head and we just start thinking and thinking and talking and talking. And maybe there's just, it's less talking and 
more being, more doing, more, more kisses, more making love, more things, more the love languages, right? Um, uh, something else that I think is brilliant for customers, uh, customers for, um, uh, couples is values. Uh, Dr. Demartini does amazing work. He wrote a book called the values factor and on his website at drdemartini.com, he has this free test on what are your values and you can, these are your top three or four values. So if you know that with your partner, your friends, your business partners, your customers, it creates space of deeper relationships, which is just going to lead to more romance. And lastly, read a good romance novel for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on and start with mine. All right. So for all the male listeners out there, here, you just got it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, right? Robin specializes in writing novels that get women all turned on about romance. So I'm imagining that his tips are pretty solid. So maybe experiment with a few of them and see how they work out for you. Absolutely. And I know, Robin, you have a free gift for our listeners. If they go to epicliferesets.com, um, epicliferesets.com, the link is in the show note. It's um, a book that you have with six steps to building an epic life quickly and without pain and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And of course, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, find uh, your novels and all of that. Just, yeah, let, let them yeah. know where they can find you. <laughs> Uh, easiest place is probably my my website, but I'm on I'm at Robin Austin Reed on all the channels: Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, you name it. Uh, but RobinAustinReed.com is my website, and my debut novel is a paranormal romance that's coming out. Uh, it should be done should be done by next month. Um, I'm just kind of wrapping up the ending, and and I've got the cover done already, and it's exciting um, to to create this because it's a it's a story of redemption. And this one actually is written in a man's point of view. Um, and it's a, it's a writer who went to the woods to, to kind of find himself and he ends up finding God and, and falling in love with, uh, kind of this paranormal experience, but it's, uh, it's very beautiful, um, redemption for a man, um, uh, based upon a true story and it's called lovers in the woods. All so right. That'll be out soon. All right. Well, there you have it. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. But Robin, thank you so much for being on here and telling us all about romance. <laughs> all right, <Okay>. everybody. <laughs> we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs>